Your Brain on Weird is recorded in private homes in a state where marijuana is recreationally legal. This show's content is intended for adult audiences only. your brain on weird i'm sam i'm sage and this is a podcast about being weird yeah it is <laughs> it, it is. really is we are the weird also our stories are weird yes so today i assume we're gonna tell you some weird story and then we're gonna talk about weed because that's the only other thing we love in life yes weird stuff and weed man oh yeah take a hit every time i say it which is at least two times an episode, I'm guesstimating. I'll try to remember. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm editing and I'm just like, oh, I said it again. Nice. Nice. <laughs> Love it. The compilation. We got to do the compilation. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So how are you doing today, Sage? I am doing great. Thanks for asking. Um, You're welcome. <laughs> I... I don't know. I feel like I, j- I just had a pretty good last week. Last week was my birthday, and Jeff and I went to uh, this really fancy hotel in Connecticut, which was great. And I ate a lot of really good food. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. And then this weekend, I did a lot of nothing, which was also great. What did I do yesterday? I also did nothing yesterday. So <laughs> but, um, today I was relatively productive. Oh, yesterday I filed my taxes. Finally. Oh, yeah. It was the 17th. I did it on the very last day. That's fine. But I'm going to get a decent return for the first time, basically, in my life. So that's exciting. Um, And today I woke up, made breakfast, did a bunch of research, did a little, like, ritual, which I haven't done, like, an actual ritual in a long time. Nice. Because I was taking a little break. So that was nice. And then I took a nap. And now I'm here. So. Incredible. I have no complaints. Also, it is 75 degrees and sunny outside. Yeah. So after yeah. we're done recording, I'm going to make a point to go outside. Yep. Yep. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. How are you? I'm endlessly suffering. No, I'm fine. <laughs> I mean. I just had a very, very stressful week. Yeah. Uh, lots of family and driving. Lots of driving. Mm-hmm. And it was just, uh, it was just a lot. And we saw a lot of people. <laughs> yes. And that was like, it's definitely like the most amount of people that I've seen in a short period of time in like a really long time. And so it's just like. Exhausting. Exhausting. Yeah. Yeah. When you're so used to not being around people and suddenly you're around a ton of people, you're just like, holy crap. Yeah. I mean, and it wasn't even that many people. There was like three other people. Mm. But that's fine. That's too many. Yeah, yeah. You're used to one other person normally. Yeah, exactly. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. So I'm exhausted. Yeah, well, and I'm sorry. That's fine. But yeah. it is also very warm here. I think it was 83. Oh, and nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was sweating my ass off at work, <laughs> which was so sad. 
I was like, oh my god, it's so hot. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot working in a kitchen sucks. <laughs> oh god, yeah. Yeah. I remember college working in a kitchen on like a wicked hot day. That sucked. It's truly terrible. Ugh, but uh, mostly I work in the basement and it's pretty pretty okay down there. That helps. That helps. Yeah. yeah. We had to turn our AC on today. <gasps> oh my god. Pretty early in the day, too. Yeah. So... It's getting toasty. <laughs> it's almost summer. Yes. It's oh summertime. God, I'm excited because I really want to go swimming very Me badly. Too. So. How much water have you drank today? <sighs> Not much. I'm probably on my second bottle of water. Um, All right. But I've also had coffee and a Red Bull. So that's good. I have had some liquids today. That's good. That's good. Yeah. What about you? I am also only on my, like, second bottle today, but I had two cups of coffee today. Nice. Yes, and, uh... Gotta go fast. Told myself <laughs> I need to slow down on the Red Bull. <laughs> oh. Because oh, I drink man. so much. I mean, Bull. more than one a day, like... Not usually more than one a day. I mean, that's, o- that's okay. But... Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But every single day, I feel like is a lot. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I'm fair. alternating back and forth between coffee and Red Bull. Because, uh, like, Nick and I cleaned out our cars the other day, and I pulled nine cans of empty Red Bull from his car, but I pulled 11 from mine. <laughs> nice. 20 total. <laughs> yeah. 20 total cans of Red Bull. I hope you redeemed those. Can you redeem we those? Def- yes. Okay, good. Yes, you can. We uh, we bagged them up. We bagged them up. We got like three, four packs of Red Bull at the grocery store, and he drank like eight of them, eight of the twelve. Oh my! That we got. God, yeah, that's <laughs> oh, so much. More Red than Bull. that, because I was like, "Hey, I only had two of these. Did you like drink Oof. them all?" And he's like, "Yeah, I crushed them." And I was like, "Oh my god, yeah, oh, that's ridiculous." Good. I think uh, I think I probably average like two to three a week. Yeah, that so, seems like a normal amount. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Plus my uh, at least one cup of coffee a day. Exactly. You know what? But it's different caffeine, so it's fine. <laughs> true. That's not true. Don't quote me on that. <laughs> probably. It's probably not true. Do not do as we do. You might get really bad anxiety. <laughs> Gotta go fast. Gotta go fast. All the time. <laughs> that's fine. Yeah. But that's That's, fine. Uh, that's great. We'll try to hydrate better. Yes. I'm working on it <laughs> currently. If you can hear the ice in my... Ooh. Wow. Amazing. So you want to tell me a story? What do you... What do you... What do you... What do you... Unless you have anything else to say. I did want to bring up that uh, this episode will come out with our new theme attached to it. Oh, yeah. So... If you noticed... Our theme is different. Yeah. And I think the story behind it makes it, like, even cooler. So I guess I just wanted to say thank you to Haley Jane for letting us use that song. It's Cosmic Katrina. So I just wanted to say thank you to her for letting us use this song. Um, Sam and I went to a whole bunch of shows when we were, I don't know, in college and after we graduated college, basically. Yeah. Mostly after we graduated college and had just, like, a really fun time, made, like, really good memories at uh, her shows, so. Yeah. We're really stoked and very yeah. grateful. And she was very, really sweet. Very grateful. So, of course she was really sweet. 
Of course she was really Of course sweet. she was. Yeah. So. Ah, so, so yeah. good. Yeah. I hope you guys like it. I think it's a bop. It's a it's absolutely a bop. A little more hype than our previous theme, but I think that's okay. It wakes you up, it gets you going. I think we're a little bit more hype than our previous theme, just in general. So. I'm inclined to agree. Yeah. 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 Yay. Yay. And if we get separated, I'll be the one going. (laughs) I gotta watch that episode again. Oh my god, me too. I've been on an Adventure Time break. (laughs) Me too. Mostly because we've been playing video games. Oh yeah. I've been still watching Jeff play Persona 5 a lot and playing Pokemon Snap because I actually got it. Hell yeah. But I did put on an episode of Adventure Time because I was like really stressed out the other day and I was like, I need to chill. I need to chill. I just need to watch something. It's like my inner child show, you know? Yeah. 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 Yes. I do know. (laughs) Comfort show. Yes, absolutely. Comfort show. All right. Now that that's over, I'm ready to talk about this weird thing. I'm ready to listen. So I kind of knew before this that I wanted to do something that was like mythology, just because I've been on a mythology kick, like in my research and stuff. Um, and so I was like, okay, I'll just go and like find a random book that I have and like pull it out and flip it somewhere and see what I get. So what this ended up being is basically snakes in Greek and Pueblo Native American mythology. Hell yeah. So it's kind of like a mishmash of information, um, but it's all really cool. And yeah, so... A lot of this came from the book that I ended up picking up, which was Pueblo Gods and Myths by Hamilton A. Taylor. I also used like Wikipedia and Google and stuff to like look up additional stuff after I was done reading it. So yeah, that's what my sources were. And I'm going to read a few pieces out of the book as I go through too. Sounds great. The one thing I'd like to mention is I did change the word Indians to Native Americans. Ah, so that book does, yeah. A little older, a little older book. Yeah, I think I think so. I actually yeah. didn't look at the date, but yeah. That's fine. So I guess the main like theme of this is um, like animism. Everything lives and has power. Everything like holds some degree of, they call it mana, which like you hear it a lot in like video games and stuff. But in like mythology and in a lot of cultures, it's the power of elemental forces of nature embodied in an object or a person. So along with greater and lesser gods in a lot of mythology, there are beast gods, which are kind of like the middle group. And um, the difference is that they have like specialized powers. So they're not like as powerful as a greater god, but they're also not... They're, like, stronger than a lesser god, I guess. They're, like, in between. Okay. Um, And in many cultures, beast gods are associated with tasks. So, um, like, lions are associated with hunting. They're also the king of beasts. So they're, like, the ruler of hunting. And a lot of, like, different cultures use the lion as, like, a symbol for that. Um, The Pueblo equivalent is the mountain lion or the cougar. Side note. So similar beast gods would include Anubis, Cthulhu, and Coyote basically just like animal embodiments Mm -hmm. so usually they are powerful animals that have a lot of symbolic potential and people would keep statues of statues of them or like other icons for these beast gods so one of the most powerful of the beast gods is the snake wow 
Wow. So there is like a theme with snakes, I guess. And here are, I guess, all of the things that the snakes like are the symbol for, I guess. Associated with? Yeah, associated with. Thank you. You're welcome. So they're venomous, which means that they can kill and they can also cure. Um, They're really cunning. They have recourse to the underworld. So they're a communicator between the upper and lower worlds, which we're going to get into this. The underworld is like in Greek mythology and I think also in Pueblo mythology. It's a system of rivers and lakes that's like underground. That's sick. I love that. So good. Yes. (laughs) And the snake also knows about seeds and fertility and agriculture and farming. Oh, is that why I like snakes so much? It might be, dude. I like actually figured out basically why I like snakes so much by doing this research. I was like, huh. All right. All right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, okay. So this is a a quote about like the connection of agriculture and snakes. So it says, agriculture involves weather control. Lightning controls rain. Lightning strikes swiftly like a snake and may kill. So the snake is again in the realm of the hero and war and of curing for lightning shock or snake bite. So it also is associated with lightning. Hell yeah. It's associated with like war. So it like can be associated with like Zeus and stuff like that. They are typically benign and and benevolent in most cultures. They are also protectors, guardians, and heroes. So snakes are like, great. We love snakes. We love snakes. We love snakes. Another like really big thing is that snakes are seen as ancestral spirits, like messengers, because they have that like connection to the underworld and stuff like that. A lot of people see their see their guides as being spirits, and they're also immortal because they can shed their skin. Oh, mm. mm. the last thing is that the the fun thing is that often they're seen as a phallic symbol, and I'll I'll <laughs> talk a little bit more about that later. It's a bit of a stretch, but it is a little bit of a stretch. But okay, so snakes in Greek Greek mythology or relations to to it. So Serpens, the serpent constellation, um, is the author of all medical cures because it was the animal that was sacred to Apollo's son, Ascopolis or Hepius. I might be pronouncing that wrong. Ascopolis? A-E-S-C-U-L-A-P-U-I-S is how it's pronounced. I can't even. I know. I cannot even picture that word in my head. So yeah, sure. Whatever you said, man. Sounds <laughs> or great. Or Hepius. Hepius is easier to pronounce. That's also another name that I saw. And the myth is that he had once killed a snake, but the animal was resurrected after a second snake put a revival herb on the first one <laughs> oh, and like okay. brought it back to life. And so um, Hepius saw that and started using that method to revive dead humans. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. So in this case, like, the snake is seen as the healer. Demeter is also attended to by snakes. Nice. We've talked about this before, but Demeter has knowledge of fertility. She handles marriage and union, and she's also known as the goddess of the field. Um, Another thing is that she supplied Triptolemus, yes, uh, with a chariot that was drawn by two serpents. And she said, go off and teach agriculture to people. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, so again, we see, like, the connection to agriculture and shit. Um, Another fun thing is that Athena is either mother or 
um, foster mother to Erechtheus, who is a serpent child. There was also something that I read where he was known to have grown up to be the ruler of ancient Athens. I like don't know Sick. where that connection came from, but he just did. I guess so. There's also a Thebian deity, Semele. I think I'm pronouncing that right. S E M E L E, um, who was struck by lightning by Zeus, and from her ashes rose Dionysus. Oh, yes. Interesting. Um, Dionysus is the god of all flowing things that Earth produces. So, the snake connection like kind of makes sense. Yeah. So that's the Greek mythology part. There's a whole bunch of other things. Those were just all my like favorite ones that I found. I love them. I love them all. Oh, and then we have Medusa, of course. Oh yeah. There's that whole thing which didn't even come up in my research, but yes. But we know about that. So yes. So, um, Greece has, like, Greece links serpents to the dead, fertility, um, heroes, and war, and so does Native American, like, Pueblo mythology. It's, like, a really old idea. Apparently, it goes back to, like, the Minoans and the Mycenaeans um, used to worship a snake goddess, basically. The winged serpent of Egypt, Wajet protected the pharaohs and controlled the waters of the Nile. So again, like another snake being a protector and being responsible for water. So now we can talk about the Pueblo mythology for snakes. So Pueblo is a North American settlement of the southwestern U.S. that mostly consists of like adobe houses. And it's mostly like New Mexico, Arizona, so on and so forth. Um, so some of the tribes that are in this area, um, one of them is the Zunis and, and there's a quote in here that says, a Zuni explained that snakes go to sleep in wintertime and in March, when the snakes come out at the same time, they would take these effigies out and the sacred meals and pray to the snakes not to bite any Zunis during the summer. All right. The sleeping snake is a symbol of winter and in summer, it's awakened along with like the crops and everything. Mm -hmm. But there's also a higher chance of snake bites during the summer, as well as lightning strikes. So that makes sense. Yep. So these people, um, the Zuni have a ceremony in March to help with the rainfall with crops, fertility, basically ask snakes not to bite them, to ask them to control the lightning away from them mm -hmm. so they don't get struck <laughs> so that's the zuni but there's also the hopi and they also have snake ceremonies so this book like basically detailed the entire ceremony which i did read through and it was very strange i have to say <laughs> but really interesting so if you want to do any research on that i recommend it it was just too much for me to <laughs> go through i also don't think it's my place to share that like it's a pretty sacred ceremony. I'm not going to like describe it on the podcast. Anyway, at the end of the ceremony, um, the snakes that are used in the ceremony are released in the direction from which they were gathered with the prayer to the spirits of the four directions that they send clouds and rain over the Pueblo. Oh, cute. Yes. So most of these tribes are in the Rio Grande area and there's a lot of droughts. It doesn't get a lot of rain. I mean, the Rio Grande is like basically drying up 
And I remember that from like my childhood growing up in New Mexico. There were just like areas of the Rio Grande where it was just like dirt for certain times of the year. So along with the ceremonies for rain and stuff, war chiefs also participate in a sacred ceremony where they rub rattlesnake oil on themselves. And the purpose is for them to look really fierce, look really scary. There was a segment in this book that I read where they think that it could have had like some kind of psychological effect. But basically this like ceremony was meant to ask the snakes to help them with their war or to help them in their fighting. So they like embody the snake, which is quiet, strong, and can kill anybody. So, oh, yeah. Love that. So here's another quote about that. I guess this is about, yeah, this is also the Hopi. So it says, in the old time, the snake society were actual warriors, and when they went on the war trail, they carried neither a spear nor a bow and arrow. They had the battle axe and the nodule club. They knew no fear and marched up to the enemy and seized him by the throat as we seize a snake and knocked him on the head with the axe or the club. So like, wow, they just like went right in. They were apparently known for, like, being very fearsome, and um, a lot of tribes had, like, rattlesnake clans, and they used the snake symbol as, like, um, a symbol for protection and strength when they were going into war. Cool. Cool. Very cool. Them, like, using the snake as a symbol, like, helped them fight off white people, (laughs) is what I'm saying. Mm Mm-hmm. So, I think that's- That makes sense to me. Yeah. I think that's pretty great. So back to the phallic symbol thing. Oh, yeah. Gonna, just gonna whoop right back around. So apparently to warriors, it wasn't, it wasn't like a phallic symbol to them. Apparently the snake was said to bite warriors who did not abstain because they viewed it as a distraction. Oh. Yeah. That's pretty funny. <laughs> so if you uh, did not abstain, the snake would bite you. So. There's that. Fighting a different type of battle. Yes. (laughs) So, yeah. Images of snakes have been found dating as far back to 1100 AD. Oftentimes, these snake beast gods are depicted as having wings or horns. They're also connected to the sun. There's like a whole... I read a whole section in here about how like snakes are seen as uh, being like almost a sun god. Mm. And you can find rock carvings in New Mexico, Alabama, Mississippi, etc. And I'm going to send you one of the rock carvings that I found. Rocks, 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 rocks. There he is. Oh, he's so cute. Wow. Yep, that's a snake. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love that. <clears throat> it's got the little, like, rattlesnake tail. His little forked tongue. Yeah. See, like, that's why I, I was thinking that. I was like, I feel like that's probably supposed to be a tongue. But, um, so they say that this one is, it's of the horned water serpent, which is found, um, they're a minor god in a lot of, like, Pueblo tribes. And they're also found in a lot of, like, other tribes, such as the Muskegee and the Yuki. So they, like, think that, the, like, that part is horns, and this is meant to de- depict the horned water serpent. So now we're getting a little okay. cryptidy. But if I definitely just looked at that, I wouldn't say that was horns. <laughs> yeah, me neither. I guess that's all. That's all. I agree, but I wonder if there's any more. <sighs> what? Oh my god, why can't I remember the word for what that the rock carving is? I like literally grew up in New Mexico. I should remember this. 
Yeah, there's a lot of pottery, it looks like, that has kind of like a similar image on it. Hey, oh, here it is. Here's one. This one's from Utah. This one looks a lot more like horns. Then we're going to put it here. I will try to remember to post these. I'm really bad at that. Send. So this one is oh, from yeah. Western San Rafael Swell. And that first one is from Cook's Peak in New Mexico. Oh, where did my notes go? Okay, here they are. So in Pueblo mythology, the horned water spirit is a monster, a huge monster with glowing eyes and horns. It typically has like a fan around its neck of feathers or fur or something. Um, it's a huge scaled dragon-like serpent. It lives in the interior of the earth and nourishes all of the vegetation and life. Oh, word. Yeah. Okay. That sounds great. It presides over all water. So like rivers, lakes, ponds, shit. They typically have supernatural powers such as shape-shifting, invisibility, and power to control storms and weather. They can also overcome sterility, so the fertility thing again. They are neither mighty nor dreadful, so they're not, like, necessarily scary to these people. They are often represented by an effigy of a mother spirit, or a mother serpent, sometimes followed by baby serpents to symbolize fertility. So there's, like, a big festival that they have, and people come out basically dressed, um, it's similar to, like, the dragon in Chinese culture. Oh, yeah. They okay, come yeah. out, like, dressed in, like, this huge, like, serpent outfit, and there's always a mother serpent with, like, the two baby serpents on the on either side. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's also some ruins on Hopi land that it used to be a shrine, but they found an image of the horned water serpent there. The place is Sikyatki Ruins on Hopi Land. I tried Googling it and I couldn't find a picture, but apparently that exists. Um, versions of the horned serpent can be found on nearly every continent, including the best known feathered serpent, Quetzalcoatl, who was exiled by the gods for his gift of knowledge to the Aztec people. So the horned serpent is like very similar to Quetzalcoatl. Then there's also the Cherokee Utkina, who is more of a malevolent being that apparently um, attacks people. Oh. It is not as nice. I will now tell you an ancient tale. <gasps> oh. <laughs> so this is about the horned serpent and the thunderbird, which I feel like we've talked a little bit about the thunderbird, but I... Uh, I feel like it's come up, but... Probably. Yeah. We haven't, like... Maybe I'll, maybe we'll do a little section on that or something. So the Thunderbird was an entity that the Native Americans lived in harmony with. Um, it was also like another one of these beast gods, basically. So there's a story that tells of a large pond that was discovered near where the Thunderbirds were raising their young. And it like came from nowhere. So the Native Americans in the area went to warn the Thunderbirds because they said that the Horned Serpent had summoned the pond so that he could rise through it. Mm -hmm. So the Thunderbird hid their young and it, you know, took to the skies, basically. And it ended up swooping into the water, grabbing the Horned Serpent and carrying him high into the sky where a battle ensued. <laughs> and there was a hunter nearby that heard all of this commotion and like looked up and suddenly both of the gods called out to him 
at the same time. And the Thunderbird said, My friend, help me and shoot the serpent with your arrow, and I will make you a great man. And the serpent said, Help me and shoot the Thunderbird, and I'll promise you my friendship to the end of all time. So the man, like, didn't really know what to do. He was like, okay, I'm gonna, like, put on the spot here. So he just closed his eyes, and he shot the arrow in their general direction and ended up hitting the Thunderbird and wounding it. So this allowed the Horned Serpent to take the Thunderbird away and keep him as prisoner, or keep them as prisoner. So now the Thunderbird remains trapped, and it causes a thunderstorm when it's really enraged. Oh. So I guess that's basically it. The addition of the horns on the snake is like kind of a theme. It's like a symbol for unstoppable power. If you think of like Suranos, like the horned god, Pan, Mm -hmm. a lot of symbols of like Baphomet and the devil, it's the horned god. Um, And early civilizations found rams and bulls sacred. So um, the like addition on the snake, I think, is like the addition of the horns is what makes it like so much like stronger. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Last thing I wanted to say is that the snake gets kind of a bad rep because of the Bible. Yeah. Fuck Christianity, man. Yeah. Come on. Uh, allow me, allow me to read you a quote from the book of Revelations. Damn. <clears throat> oh, it flipped right to it. Convenient. So, in the book of Revelations, it says, And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years. So, the Bible, book of Revelations, says that the snake is Satan. Also, the whole Adam and Eve thing. Yeah. Um, with the snake appearing there. That doesn't really help the snake's case. But to Native Americans, the snake is very sacred. The Native Americans do not kill snakes. Absolutely do not kill snakes. And I have another quote for you here about that. This is like, I guess, kind of a... It kind of seems like it's like a cautionary tale. Mm-hmm. So... Um, there were some Mexicans and Native Americans working on the section of the railroad near McCarty's. Don't know where that is, but anyway. One day while working near the track, a Mexican found a snake's nest. There were some little snakes and one or two eggs in it. The Mexican destroyed the nest, killing the little snakes and crushing the eggs. He did this in spite of the warning of the Native Americans. The snake came into the camp and inspected each man much as the snake had inspected Don. Anyway. When the snake had found the guilty one, he crawled swiftly up the Mexican's body and wrapped himself firmly around his throat. The Mexican screamed for help and tried to free himself, but the snake held on, tightening his grip. At last, the Mexican dropped, strangled to death. So, it says, The snake examines the heart of each individual. If he is held to his traditions, including the taboo on killing snakes, he is passed by. If not, he may be strangled. Word. So. Good for him. Hail Satan. Hail Snakin. Hail Snakin. Hail Snakin. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) 100. Very good. Very good. And those are my (laughs) snake stories for you today. Well, thank you so much. They're very good snake stories. I love snakes. Yeah, me too. I love them as well. I haven't seen one in a very long time. Yeah. My old roommate had a snake and she was lovely. Hmm. Her her name was Willow, and uh, she was she was really 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 sweet, and just the gentlest little boa constrictor. 
<laughs> yeah, my aunt had a, uh, it was like a corn snake when I was growing up. And I used to always like go over there and like help feed the corn snake and hang out with the corn snake. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, this is funny. I just want to look at this real quick. Uh, there's a local dispensary that changed its name from Colonial Cannabis to Jack's Cannabis. And I was like, good for you. I always thought Colonial Cannabis was Oof. a little... Yeah. Yeah. A little too white. So, that's fun. I love just Jack's Cannabis, though. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm like, oh, cool. Like, who is... Who's who Jack? Who's Jack? <laughs> like, <laughs> uh-oh, I broke the ghoul. Oh, there it goes. Oh. Well, this is fun. There's, like, asks. I don't know. It's been a long time since I've been on Google. Why do I smoke weed? I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know why you smoke weed. I can tell you why I smoke weed. <laughs> do you want the list? It'll take me probably a half an hour. Listen to our other <laughs> episodes to learn why we smoke weed. Listen to our entire backlog for every single reason why we smoke weed. All right. Some fun news. So... <laughs> Uh, not that long ago, New Jersey legalized cannabis. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And they, like, set a deadline, I guess, for towns to um, choose whether or not they want to allow the sale of weed in their town. Okay. So, I guess, like, they they have until August 21st to pass ordinances that either ban cannabis businesses, welcome them, or set limits for type of businesses and or number of dispensaries. Yeah, okay. So they're letting each individual town choose what they want to do. And it's really, like, that's so wild to me. Isn't isn't that what uh, Massachusetts did? I don't know. I didn't look it up. I think Massachusetts had to, each town had to vote on whether or not they wanted that. Because I remember that being a huge thing when I lived on Cape Cod. Oh, that makes sense. Because all the, like, old rich white people didn't want a weed shop in their town. That makes sense. <laughs> I just moved to Massachusetts fairly recently. So yeah, 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 yeah. I did not take up with, keep up with the news. No, so no, 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 that's fine. So this is very funny. But also there is a five-year lock-in for that, for whatever ordinance these towns decide to pass. Okay. Yeah, so they have to keep doing it for five, for five years, years before Damn. they can change their mind, which well, is very strange. <laughs> that is very strange. That means that for those five years, everybody's just going to be putting their businesses in mm -hmm. the towns that do, that do approve it, and like the towns that don't are going to lose out. Or miss out yeah. on all of that additional income. So why would you... I mean, I know why you would say no, because you're misinformed or something. But yeah, if there is a liquor store on your corner, there should also be a dispensary. That's what I have to say. Yeah, I, I agree. Whoa. Also, Whoa because we've been following the story, I'm going to talk a little bit about Delta 8. Oh, and I boy. Found, I Here found this go. article that says ban on Delta 8 THC spreads as Colorado <gasps> warns dispensaries. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Colorado officials have moved to close the legal loophole and um, ban the sales of Delta H THC. Yeah, because it's not tested or anything. Yeah, so that's like the main thing is the um, Marijuana Enforcement Division. Hmm. Oh. Uh, so they, they, they were the number one 
like people, I guess, to move forward with this, where they're like, they raised safety concerns over the Delta 8 compound because no one knows what it does. No one mm-hmm. knows anything about it. And obviously, like, stores are fighting back, but they've already, like, passed the thing. Um, They sent letters out to, like, dispensaries and stuff that were already selling Delta 8, and they're like, you can't sell this anymore. Like, yeah, take yeah, it off yeah. your shelves, like, now. And that's in um, Colorado, too, which is, like, Colorado's relatively progressive when it comes to stuff like that. Yeah. Other states that have instituted similar bans, Alaska, Arkansas, Arizona, Delaware, Idaho, Iowa, Mississippi, Montana, Oregon, Rhode Island, and Utah. Haha! Wow, Rhode Island is ahead of the game. That's because they just hate marijuana. That too. So, well, well, well. Yeah, so basically there's like no evidence to... Um, support whether or not this product is safe to use or not obviously because uh it's like a relatively new substance substance i guess yeah Yeah. and because it's not like it's not like thc where you just like have it in the marijuana or the weed that you grow you have to, like, take industrial hemp and you add acetic acid to it. And that's how you get the Delta-8. So, like, there's a lot of reactions and stuff that, like, you don't know if it's safe. And, like, uh-huh. especially because it's uh, unregulated, you you literally never know what you're going to get. True. Mm-hmm. It is, mm-hmm. however, looking to be used more in pharmaceuticals. Okay. Oh, you know what? I'm not even going to just cut that part out because the person (laughs) who sourced this is the leading Israeli cannabis researcher. Oh. So, so basically. Yeah. Fuck Israel. Fuck Israel. And (laughs) we'll just have to keep watching it. But like good on all of these other states that have moved to ban it because it is untested and it's not safe and or it's we don't know if it's safe so that's very fun and cool and for now just stick to regular delta 9 thc because Mm -hmm. people have been smoking that shit for thousands of years and we're okay yeah without putting acetic acid or whatever into it yeah so yeah just stick to that for now and then hopefully someone will uh kind of Take Come out with more information. On, yeah, researching that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Fun. Very fun. fun. Well, thank you for that update. You're welcome. <laughs> that makes me feel validated. Makes yeah. my concerns feel validated. Yeah, same. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Great. Well. I don't think I have anything to say other than I hope you enjoy our end theme. Yes. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. <laughs> Get ready to listen. And then if you liked this and want to listen to more, uh, definitely do that. Or you could swing by our website. Um, it's yourbrainonweird.com. We have links to all of our social media. We have some merch up on there. We also have... Uh, story submission box that's yeah 
Yeah. <laughs> that wasn't what I was going to say next, but I don't know what I was going to say in between. So yeah, if you have any weird <laughs> stories you, you want to tell us, have any fun experiences with weed or literally anything, just, uh, just, uh, send us a story. We'd love to hear it. <laughs> yeah. That other thought is gone, so I don't know. Social media, blog, uh, all that's there. <laughs> yep. So that's that. Thanks for listening. Yay. I'm Sam. I'm Sage. And this has been Your Brain on Weird. Yay. Very. Bye. Very weird. Oh, very weird. Well.